Hello, welcome to PQ, the one and only Pokemon Cube podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Martin, and brought to you with Connor Lavelle. So here we are with episode 12. Connor, how are you doing? How are things? Doing well. Just came off of a very difficult loss in Cube League. Um, so, uh, but feeling good and excited to get into our uh, our topic today. Yeah, I actually watched your game. Um, man, it felt like it came down to the wire against, uh, you were against... Vic, right with the with the fighting box. Yeah, Vic has Vic has been very tough for me lately. Uh, I've lost to him like the last two or three times we've played. I think the last two times we played, but either way, really struggling to get a win over him. So um, he's uh, he's gotten very good very quickly, which is amazing, um, but also frustrating as a competitor against him. Right, Vic actually got second in the previous Cube League uh, for anyone who's not aware. So. Uh, shout out to Vic. Um, really happy to see his progress in the league. I think that's true for a lot of people in the league. I think a lot of people, as they keep playing and cubing in the Discord, they continuously get better. Uh, especially, you know, looking from like year to year. It's kind of interesting now that we're getting to that point. Yeah, definitely. Um, So, you're now, what, 3-1 in the cube league? I am unfortunately now 3-1, yes. See, that's my goals. I am 2-1 right now, so... Uh, previously I'd lost my first round and now I've, I've, I've bounced back. I won my, my, my next two. Um, so I have to, I have to win this next one and then, and then I can be three one, but I'll be a more optimistic three one than Connor is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm uh, <laughs> I'm a very negative Nancy three one right now. You know, maybe in a couple days I'll feel better about it, but, uh, right now, uh, big slops to three one. <laughs> yeah. Well, so we've seen that in the two, two, you, you, I'll take the three one. <laughs> Yeah, understandable. So I guess now a uh, huge shout out to everybody uh, who's been watching our Twitch channel, uh, twitch.tv slash p3podcast. We actually just hit affiliate, which was huge. Um, definitely was really excited to see that. And you can definitely expect also more streams in the future. If you haven't seen us yet, uh, we do broadcast some of the Cube League games. Not any this week, just because it's been a hectic week for myself. Um, but you can expect more live streams to come, which I guess brings us into, uh, the next thing is that every Sunday, uh, starting at 4 PM central. So this is the change from the last one we had is the P, uh, P cube series, which is a free to enter tournament that offers prizing. So we'll be picking cubes that have probably been ran before, whether in cube weekend or in the league, um, that are either interesting or fun. And um, and you basically, it runs like any other key weekend. You sign up, draft, best of one, three rounds, and winner gets five packs of the most recent set. So right now, it's five battle styles pack. Uh, there's top four payouts, so third place gets uh, a few packs, and then there's packs for the other two. Um, last week, we ran the first one. It was great. Had a great time. Connor helped me commentate the draft, and then Davi came in, helped me commentate the uh, the games themselves, and we ran uh, Blue's Delta Eevee's Cube, which was really fun to watch. Um, it was, it was cool. It, it's nice to have players, like, nice to have an opportunity to stream a cube from start to finish. Cause that's not often something we get to do. Um, but so if that interests you, uh, you can tune in at Sunday at 4 PM or register. So if you are in the discord, uh, just sign up in the cube weekend channel. Um, this week's, uh, we'll be doing Davi's RSPK. Is it uh, Ruby Sapphire to Power Keepers? Is that right? Yep. RSPK. Which I actually haven't drafted before, um, so I, this is gonna be my first time looking at the cube, and I'm really excited to see it. Um, but so you can expect that on our Twitch channel. Also, uh, if anyone else had a chance to tune in 
last week we ran uh, Kyle Sukovich's Chaos Cube with uh, Keep Lee Gatman's and uh, Sean Adam and Joe Bernard, which was a ton of fun. Uh, that cube is definitely uh, different than most traditional cubes we've seen just because it all is singleton lines. And if you want to see any games from that, the gameplay, uh, some of the games are up on our YouTube channel. So if you want to see more of what that is and what a Chaos Cube is and what the decks we ended up drafting looked like, uh, definitely check it out. Um, but yeah, so last week was definitely no shortage of content. Um, but anything, anything I'm missing here, um, Connor? No, I think you pretty much hit all the bases. It has been a very busy couple of weeks. Uh, this upcoming week is going to be a little bit more relaxed, but uh, still not without cube contest. Not without cube content, especially with this podcast and then also the cube series this weekend. Yeah, so if you're interested in draft and drafting and playing and maybe even getting some packs out of it, honestly, you got pretty decent odds uh, getting packs. So make sure to sign up. Uh, links will be in the description. So without further ado, I guess we should go right into our cracker pack. So Connor, what pack do you got for us today? All right. So I have a 10 card pack of JL and Mike's Delta Mutant Cube, and I am going to get into it. We thought this pack was pretty interesting, so excited to talk about it. So the first card is Walrain with Crush Draw. Then Zapdos EX with Legendary Ascent, the one from uh, Fire Red Leaf Green. Then there is a Diamond and Pearl Era Kabutops with Primal Shell. It shuts off your opponent's items. Then there's Typhlosion EX with Split Blast and Ring of Fire. There's Time Space Distortion, Switch, Gengar from, uh, I believe that's from Arceus with Curse, Brooklet Hill, Muck EX and Dialga with Time Bellow and Flash Cannon. So, Andrew, what are your thoughts on this pack? So, yeah, this pack's pretty cool. I mean, it's not like you, you hate, honestly, when it comes to this kind of conversation, you hate the packs with like just Uxie or Stevens in them just because they make it so much easier to say what to pick. This one has like a lot of like pretty decent cards, but it's mostly Pokemon. So, uh, it makes it a little bit harder to choose. Um, there's like three cards I really like. Uh, in particular, and that's the first one's the wall rain with crest draw. Um, mostly because if you get it early, you can build around something like that, so it makes it way easier to pick something like uh, like Mantine or uh, anything that can stack the uh, the uh, the deck with energy to use the crest draw. Um, and some water, I feel like water traditionally isn't very contested, so you don't have as much trouble getting good evolving basics for it. Um, I really like Shadowscape Gengar. Um, hit and run decks in cube feel like more above average than. What uh, I would commonly expect, I commonly see them to be pretty hard to deal with because there's not a lot of gust. So, Shadow Skip for three energies. Uh, still is a lot, but it's free retreat and the curse power to move damage counters around is really strong. So, to get something like that early is uh, a good build around. But my only issue with Psychic is that the evolving basics are really hard to get. Uh, just because they're always they're good cards. You got cards like Marshadow, Luxi, Elf. That's not saying you won't find them, but. Pack one, pick one. It feels a little bit uh hard to say. I, w- I definitely wouldn't want to waste my pick on something that I don't necessarily know if I'm going to get to play. And then there's Mucky X. So Mucky X has a great body that shuts off power tons in the active. And power lock seems really good in this cube. The, the, although it's a little bit weird, I feel like a lot of the power, like the locking decks in this cube aren't doing exceptionally well, like we were initially expecting. So I don't know. I've only drafting this cube a number of times. I don't know how good Mucky X is actually. Um, but that all said, I would take the wall rain. I think the crush draw uh, uh, power is really good and energy acceleration in this cube uh, makes a lot of decks just deck quality 10 times better. So to have crush draw at my draft pool already and knowing I could probably 
build a line around it pretty easily. Um, to me, it seems really strong, so I would definitely be taking the wall right in here. So what what are you looking at here in this pack? Yeah, so my top three cards in this pack are similar but a little bit different from yours. Um, so mine are Walrein, Kabutops, and Gengar. And um, the reason why I exclude Mucky EX, one is that stage one EXs are in the next run of the cube not going to be able to evolve. Uh, EX Pokemon in general are not going to be able to evolve again as a, a means of balancing them, which I think is a very good decision. I also think that um, a lot of the decks that we're seeing succeed at the, the top tables of the current cube league are... Uh, very prepared for the power lock in the sense that even if they're a power reliant deck, they have a solid supporter lineup and they have they have plenty of options even under that power lock. And then they can get out from under the power lock and then their deck is a lot better because they're not really focused on anything other than executing their strategy as well as possible. So I'm not in love with the lock cards. Um, they they can be very strong, especially if you are like at a at a table with you know people that you know are going to play a lot of really power heavy stuff. But in general, uh, I don't think they're quite as strong as some of the other people that, you know, talk about the cube do. However, um, the, the three cards that are in my top, and really I would say my, my top two are Kabutops and Gengar. And the reason why Walrein is not quite in my top two is because while Crush Draw is very strong, Acceleration is very, very common in this cube. So I feel fairly confident that I can get other Acceleration than Walrein and potentially more self-sufficient Acceleration. Walrein is still a very, very good card and I'm happy to take it. However, Kabutops and Gengar are two of the strongest stage twos in the cube at non-EX lineup, or at, at non-EX with solid stat lines and very, very good attacks and powers. So um, Kabutops, 70 for 3 is really nice. In addition, it has that upside that it deals 10 to any of your opponent's Pokemon that already has damage, and it's buffable by things like strong energy, so that's excellent. Uh, Primal Shell shutting off your opponent's trainers is also a very potent effect, so combo all that together with a single prizer with 120 HP, and you have a fantastic outcome. And then Gengar from Arceus with... Uh, Curse and Shadow Skip, that card is so, so strong. Maybe even a little bit strong for this cube. We were talking about it uh, in the admin chat some, but um, Gengar with Shadow Skip just constantly dealing 70 damage every single turn, and that's without any, like, Vitality Band or Expert Belt or anything like that. Uh, I don't know if this cube still has Expert Belt. I think it was taken out, but either way. Shadow Skip is just so much good damage, and if you're able to go back into Pokemon that either, uh, you know, disincentivize your opponent from attacking or... Pokemon that, you know, maybe lock your opponent. So if you can go back into like a Muk or a Medicham that has a Floatstone attached, then that can be so, so strong. And it can really give you the best of both worlds in the sense that you can have the advantages of a locking deck, but you can have the damage of a non-locking deck. And, and that's really a sweet spot to be in. So between the two, I think I would probably pick the Gengar just because getting onto Psychic early can allow you to make a really good deck out of it. Psychic is a line that I'm really hesitant to get into later on because a lot of the Pokemon will be picked over at that point, and there's very high likelihood that someone else is on the type. But if you can get into Psychic early, even if you can split the line in two and get about half of it, then you can have a really, really nice deck, and uh, and Gengar pairs very well with a lot of different things. So that was my thinking on this pack. But either way, really interesting and a lot of different things to consider, which is why we picked it. Yeah, I like packs like these. It feels like there's a lot of different ways to approach it, and we'd really like to hear what you guys think about it. So uh, if you want to let us know in the comments, if you're watching on YouTube, uh, what card you would take from this pack, uh, is there anything that we said you agree or disagree with, let us know. Um, but without further ado, I think that's going to wrap us up for this segment. So stick around. When we come back, we're going to be talking about all about our favorite cubes.
All right, welcome back to this main segment. So, in the spirit of everyone getting vaccinated, uh, everyone's gonna hopefully start having opportunities to cube in person. So you might be listening to this and want to build a cube, and you might want to build your own cube, or you might want to build. There's a lot of uh, already built cubes on Cube Koga uh, that you could build from too. So we figured this would be a good opportunity to at least talk about uh, whichever like cubes that we've drafted that we really like. Um, and one of the actually one of the benefits of everything being moved remote is that online cubing has, in a sense, I mean, really exploded. We've had a lot more opportunities to draft now because everyone's inside. Uh, and it's also encouraged a lot more people to build cubes uh, with the extra time on their hands. So uh, with that all said, we've had a lot more uh, cubes pop up in the Discord uh, to really uh, shape what we've really drafted so far. So uh, we have pretty much a good spread of cubes that we've enjoyed and we've drafted before and we're going to talk about. Um, Connor, any other, like, anything about, like, maybe, like, the... The landscape of what cube has looked like so far like we really want to talk about yeah i mean so cube has has evolved and changed so much uh over even over the course of the pandemic um there are just so many things that people have learned so many cubes have been played so many cubes have been made i mean with new tools either becoming popular like untapped or becoming created like um cube koga which is amazing it is so much easier to play and build cubes than it ever has been. So there are a ton of cubes to consider. It is super easy to just essentially rip a cube off Cube Koga and play it. And uh, so we wanted to talk about some of our favorites. And I would say cubes that, that everybody should try to play at least once because they are really fantastic. They give you a lot of inspiration as a builder. They can build really important skills as a drafter, and they're just a ton of fun, which is, you know, the reason why anybody plays cubes, so. Yeah, so this is gonna be a lot more of a building-focused episode. We're gonna talk about what aspects we like about the different cubes we're gonna list here, and like, things that they're doing that are really interesting and cool, because every cube in this list is definitely not like the others, uh, which is really cool. It, it, it's it's interesting to me at least to think that uh even this small sample size is completely is completely different but like a lot of cubes in the discord are not like any others everyone has their own personal spin we've talked about this in other episodes but you really do put your personality into your cube uh that generally tends from it's just all about taste so the cubes we're going to talk about for sure are going to be very different from each other so uh i i'm in addition to my three, I, I have the first one I want to talk about. It's more of a fun cube. I mean, it is a fun cube. And that's uh, it's Chaos Cube. The reason I call it a fun cube is that it's very chaotic, as is in the name. And why it's chaotic is because it's all singleton lines. So if you have a Beedrill line, there's going to be one Weedle, one Kakuna, one Beedrill. That's it. You're not going to deal with 864 lines. It's, you have like one of copies of your evolving basics. There's like not that much wiggle room. Uh, so. The draft itself can be very tough. You might find you're gonna probably find yourself not uh, able to finish all your lines, but you're gonna feel really happy when you do finish a line. Um, I think this is a really, really good introduction to Cube, ironically, because it breaks a lot of I don't want to say breaks a lot of rules, but it's very unconventional because most cubes, as you probably have seen, if you're familiar with them, uh, are very fleshed out, like maybe like eight, six, four lines, or if it's a mute cube, even more. But this one's not. But the reason why I think it is a good introduction is because it's just, it's fun. Uh, it's very zany. You, you definitely have to go in with the right mindset. Like if you go in with wanting to, to be a super competitive experience and you really want to like focus on like, you know, your skills and cube, which is okay. Uh, this is probably not the cube for you just because it, 
you're going to get punished just for random circumstances. And uh, it, it's way more of a, you know, hang out with your buds, you know, draft around the table. It, it, honestly, it's something that I would look forward to drafting with friends on like a Friday night or something. Um, so this is, uh, I don't think I actually said it's Kyle Sukovich's cube and you can find it on cube Coco, but we drafted this one on our Twitch channel. And I, I felt like, I felt like very satisfied to get the lines that I got, even though my deck wasn't very good. Uh, it's just like the the constant panic it puts you in can can make you feel very, uh, you know, it's it's the rush of it all, you know. Uh, Connor, I know you've uh, you actually won our our set of games there uh, when we drafted it. Like, what are your thoughts on uh, Kyle Sukovich's a uh, Chaos Cube? Yeah, I thought the uh, the draft was really really fun in the sense that uh, it really forces you to like flex your your thinking muscles. <laughs> as ridiculous as that sounds, but you really have to you have to memorize a lot. You know, you you see a lot of cards, you see a lot of one ofs. Your memory is so so important in that cube, and um, your ability to kind of gauge what you think will come back and what you think people are going to prioritize can make or break whether you actually complete your lines. And I thought that was a really unique experience. I thought it was a lot of fun and um, it was a great time overall. But I will say, you know, probably not the most competitive experience just to echo what Andrew said. If you want to play something that is like the most balanced and is really going to reward uh, the most skill every time, then this might not be the best cube because, you know, random things happen. That's that's the whole point. Um, and, uh, and if that's not what you're looking for, then it might not be the best cube for you. Yeah. So if you're someone who hasn't tried cube yet and it looks intimidating and you aren't quite sure how it works, I, I would actually recommend building this, uh, just because it's very modular and only because like, it only takes like one, one, one lines. Like you don't need to like fill out like a full on stage line. So Actually, a lot of the cards in this cube you might already have in your bulk, and you can mix and match. So if cards are like too old for you to like find copies of, you can throw in a different line. You can definitely personalize it too. Uh, I know in Puka's tweets, he he definitely outlined that you can switch out cards as you want, and it's supposed to be that way. So, like if you haven't built a cube before and you're looking for just just a fun way to get introduced into it, I would recommend picking up Chaos Cube. It's one of the smaller cubes too, so it probably wouldn't take that much out of your budget and. It's again very modular, so check it out. It's on Cube Koga. We'll link in the description, but that would be like my fun tier cube uh, for as a good baseline to start. If you want to get a more uh, conventional experience or you know get into the, the grits, I guess, of what Cube is, um, these next six to eight ones we're going to talk about probably are more uh, up your alley. So I'm going to let Connor kick it off with uh, one of his most favorite cubes. All right, so this has been. One of my favorite cubes since I played it the first time, I have said many times that it is my absolute favorite cube, and it still very well may be, although there, I have played a lot more cubes in that time. So either way, Slower Car 42 Caleb Olson's uh, Low Power Unlimited Cube is one of the best built cubes there is. I will say that. It is built absolutely phenomenally. Every single card in there is draftable and powerful and can be played in good decks. There are tons and tons of synergies that you can mix and match lines, you know, um, like 
there are so many different ways that you can pair the Pokemon in the deck together to get a completely different deck and completely different experience than you've had before. And they can be very successful as well. All you have to do is understand how they work together and what kind of benefit you get from playing them. So I've seen the metagame of this cube evolve and evolve and evolve constantly. And it, it's really almost become cyclical in the sense that people think one thing is really strong and they draft it and then that deck's bad matchups come out and then they draft the bad matchups and that to me you know the the evolving metagame even with minor changes indicates that a cube is supremely well balanced just because different things are winning all the time and uh and people constantly change their thoughts on the cube so i really love that aspect about it um, one really cool thing is that it uses cards that seem too strong for the power level at face value, but they work really, really well in practice. And uh, this is not something that I recommend doing in general. It's definitely something that you should do as a more experienced builder or if you've lots of lots of time to test. But uh, things like Salamence EX from Deoxys in tandem with Salamence from Arceus, you know, that combo is really good, especially for low power. Um, however, in practice, Salamence has... Very hefty attack costs. It often trades even with some of the EXs in the cube. And, and it, it comes out as being a strong strategy, just like everything else. But it's not totally unbeatable. It often loses. And I don't think Salamence has ever won, actually. Even though on paper, it looks like it's probably the strongest line in the cube. But So I just think that that's so, so, so interesting. Um, things like Bronzong Metal Links as well. You know, cards that make you think and make you want to build a deck around those cards but uh, there are enough of them and there are a lot of them. So everyone has the ability to make a really good deck. Um, yeah, I mean like, oh, sorry. So I was just gonna say like, the, the thing I like about uh, Caleb's Cube is that it definitely makes me rehash cards that I've seen a ton of times in like competitive play that are, you know, not great or have like a specific purchase. Uh, and really think about them. So, uh, like, the perfect example, and this came up in the Discord, and it kind of blew my mind a little bit, was that Metal Fortress Bronzong that blocks bench damage, um, which everyone was saying that's a good card. And, like, I not that I didn't believe them, I just didn't quite understand why, because Metal Fortress as an ability is height. But then you read the attack, and it does 60 and then reduce 20, which in Expanded would be, like, trash. Like, you don't you don't care about that. You pretty much just leave it as a bench center. But in Caleb's Cube, and in the context of Caleb's Cube, where, like, the power level's low, that you actually can build a pretty like significant tank deck around something like that. And it's just that thought process that these cards that you wouldn't commonly see used for, for like, build-arounds or just really strong Pokemon in general are getting that light. And I don't know. As someone who wants to, you know, change up their thought process and how they approach the game, this is definitely a, a cube that'll help you get there and there's a lot of options like connor said like it just has I don't know, tons of cool build around so the power level is perfect for what he's doing yeah absolutely it's it's really all these things we've talked about you know lots of build arounds really powerful interesting cards um a low power level it and and being able to mix and match it really makes this one of the most complex cubes i've ever drafted and it has so much replay value there are constantly new things that you can try and do um, another thing that I love about it is that the supporter quality is not insanely high. There are powerful supporters, of course, but in general, people are playing a lot of like just decent supporters. So games kind of start out slowly and, and you have some time to set up. Set up Pokemon have a lot of value, which is really neat. It's something that I see getting pushed out of a lot of cubes where speed becomes more and more important. 
Um, and uh, just for a little bit more concrete context, in the lead up to Champions Cube, uh, Slurkar and I actually sat down and made a document with all the decks that we thought could win the event. And we ended up with like 70 different decks. And, and those were just the ones that we thought could win. So that's like absolutely mind boggling to me. And uh, it, if I find another cube like that in the future, I'm going to be extremely happy. What kind of decks were listed in that? So decks of every single line for starters, um, and and really just every archetype too. So I know in our top five, we had like an aggro lock deck, um, we had a big tank deck, we had control, and we had like big energy acceleration. And that those were just in our top five. So that is the kind of thing that you can expect from this cube, just totally different strategies and tons of different ways to play these lines. You know, we we paired different Pokemon with just almost every line in the cube. So, um, like, Crush Draw and Top Accelerator, which are acceleration abilities on Walrein and Salamence, can be used in tandem with a ton of different Pokemon in the cube to speed you up. And uh, another thing that we would consider a lot is what a deck's bad matchups are. And there are always ways to account for your bad matchups in in this cube and that's another thing that i really love and it also helps the deck diversity a lot so those were all kind of things that went into that list yeah i mean his cube is interesting just because on the fact that um i think when most people conceptualize a cube it's just like okay i jam these lines in my cube and boom we're there and then bounce around it where i feel like his cube has a lot of just like every line isn't on top of each other like they all sit at exactly like a, a really close power level but they all do different things so like you have your tank strategies you have your top accelerator but like there's like a lot of synergy in that so i think that's what adds a lot of uh diversity in a cube and i think the experience you're looking for when you go to like stuff like this is that you want every cube session to feel different so it starts to get really boring when like the same deck built the same way wins every game so Caleb's cube is a good example of uh, a type of cube where everything feels different every time, feels fresh, and especially like what Connor said too is like you're learning more about the cube every time you draft it, so uh, you kind of feel yourself micro leveling up, I guess, as you draft it. So it has that reward to it as well. I think that's like a, a side of a great cube is when you draft it and you learn more about it, and then you get better at that cube uh, each time. I love cubes like that, so uh, I'm definitely excited to draft his cube again. I haven't drafted it in a long time, so. Uh, hopefully uh, soon I can I can uh, you know see how much I've learned over the the course of uh, a year. Yeah, really excited to see what people do with this one. But Andrew, what is the first cube on your list? So mine's also uh, a low power, slightly higher power than uh, Caleb's, but it's the uh, Evolution Delta Cube by Blue. I love this cube. We drafted it in Cube League for January, which is. One of the first cube leagues I returned to uh, after graduating college. So uh, I, I think coupled with uh, getting top eight felt really good. The cube itself is really cool. So he has a bunch of evolutions. So he has like the, I think everyone starts with a Delta species EV or two. And he's got stuff like all the EX evolutions. He's got different other ones like the undeveloped ones. But he also has, you know, a conventional cube on top of it. So. He's got a diversity of lines that those evolutions work their way into. There's also uh, a few custom cards that are related to Delta species, hence the Delta species part of the cube, that allow uh, basically mutant uh, strategies in various ways. So 
Um, I I find the cube. We ran this for the P uh, cube challenge, a few cube series, and every time I watch games of this cube, they feel really interesting. They feel really down to the wire. The deck diversity is really high. Uh, I think the evolutions add a lot of unique twist to it because you can build an entirely uh, evolution centric deck. You can use them as tech cards. I remember doing that when I played in Cube League, and that adds to the consistency of the cube as well. But there's just so much good strategies in this cube. And I feel like every time I sit down to draft it, it's always feeling different. Um, I, I, I do think it's still going through its, you know, balancing, uh, sorting out what cards are too good and what's not. But that's, you know, 90% of cubes out there, if not all. But this one in particular, I feel like the games themselves are really interesting to watch. Uh, it's a very skillful cube, uh, meaning like um, you have to draft smart and really understand what your deck is trying to do. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm a huge fan of this cube. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I really enjoyed the cube as well. Uh, in the tests, you know, I played that cube for the first time and I was like, wow, this is awesome. Like, it was so, so much fun. Um, the the evolutions really do make an interesting element in the sense that, you know, you are never really going to have an open stage one line. You know, you're never going to be the only EV drafter, but you can make some really good EV decks. And, and there are a lot of synergies in there and the EVs work really well with a lot of different Pokemon and they make teching really easy too so lots of really cool stuff in that cube um i i really enjoyed the tests i really enjoyed it for the league and i know it has continued uh, to see improvements since then so i'm a, just a big fan of the cube overall yeah i mean it kind of plays like it definitely doesn't have the same death as like slower cards but um but what it does have is just it just i feel like the decks themselves are really interesting like um most if not all the lines that i've like seen played or have played felt you know like they have their own you know thing to stand on and you can mix and match some of them too so I, I just feel like it's a cube that i always come back with something different and that's really what i want i want every time i draft the cube to feel a little bit different and not just like okay well i'm drafting this line again or i'm drafting this line again um so i don't know huge, huge fan of this cube in general so not a whole lot to say outside of that i'm gonna pass it right back to connor to hear his uh next cube all right, so my next one is a mid-power block cube, and that is the RSPK cube designed by Davida Souza. And what I love about this cube is that it feels so different from every other cube that I've played, really, um, and especially every other cube at the power level. So it, it's just so different from a lot of other cubes. It is entirely constructed of cards from the RSPK block, which is incredibly popular among many fan circles now. Um, and uh, it, it takes some of the decks from that metagame, some of the cards that existed in that metagame that were very good, but didn't necessarily have the opportunity to shine. And it puts them together in a really balanced and fun way. Uh, so it's super, super consistent. Um, the only supporters in the cube are ones that were played in the standard metagame at the time. So lots of things like Steven's Advice, Hole and Mentor, Hole and Scientist, things that make decks go and run excellently. Um, also lots of setup basics, so things like Jirachi and Dunsparce, and you're pretty much expected to use them. They're, they're very, very good uh, because decks set up a little bit slower, and even the most aggressive Pokemon aren't going to be able to one-shot your uh, setup Pokemon. So... There, there's also uh, like a meta that you can tech against, you know, uh, there's a lot of teching that you can do based on the decks that you expect to see, based on the decks that you're bad against, you know, things like Cessation Crystal, Battle Frontier, Cursed Stone, Crystal Beach, all of these are cards that affect different decks in different ways, and they're so 
interesting. They, they make the cube so cool. You have to account for so many things in your deck building, which you don't always have to in other cubes. Um, deck building is also very, very flexible. You can mesh lines really easily. Um, I know I've played the cube a few times um, in the most recent team showdown that we played it. I played like a Crobat EX uh, Eeveelution deck that just aimed to either lock down my opponent or take really efficient uh, knockouts with Crobat EX and spreading damage with things like that in Jolteon. Uh, and the deck before that, I played Swampert with like big basic toolbox. It was almost kind of like um, watered down LBS. And it was it was just a completely different strategy from the, the Crobat deck. So there are so many different things that you can do as far as that in the cube. And deck building is really flexible. You can mash lines together. You can cover your for, for your bad matchups. All you have to do is make sure you're going to be able to attack with your Pokemon and execute your strategy well, which is so, so cool. Uh, and, and the last thing that I love about it that I haven't seen in a lot of cubes or even just in Pokemon, especially nowadays in general, big boards, you know, boards of multiple stage twos that have lots of moving pieces and are really neat. Uh, they're not only viable, but they're often very powerful and they are the kinds of decks that you're going to aim for. So I think that's really cool. It's something that you don't see in Pokemon very much at all anymore, uh, cube or otherwise. And it's it's definitely something that sets this one apart. So Andrew, uh, you haven't played this one before, have you? No, I have not. But man, that sounds like a really cool cube to watch on this on this upcoming weekend. Uh, just throwing that out there, Twitch.tv slash PP Podcast. But <laughs> that jokes aside, no, I actually haven't played this cube before. Um, but it looks like a ton of fun. Uh, just especially how you described it too. Uh, I really like the fact that there's a meta. Uh, I always like that it keeps the generals because like you, you again coming back to you want the experience to feel different every time and you want it to not get stale I like that like you every time you sit down at the table you're you know asking yourself like do I am I worried about this deck am I worried about this strategy um, I, I think that just makes the cube grow like with the players I don't know I like that a lot yeah I think it's a really neat aspect in cube in general when you can really like think about what decks your opponents are likely playing or you can think about what decks you might see and then you can specifically tech against those decks in ways other than oh i hit you for weakness you can you know hit at their consistency or their energy or their powers things like that ways that can allow you to um to really make your deck multi-dimensional and and not take auto losses and this cube and slower cards are both really excellent for that so you know i think that's something that i value a lot in cubes in general but um, this cube does a really excellent job of it. Yeah, dude, fair enough. I guess, like, uh, I mean, nothing feels worse than, like, when you just, like, get paired up against something in cube and then you just can't win. Like, you drafted, you wasted all this time drafting a deck and then you just lose because X card just wins the matchup. And sometimes it's unavoidable, but it's good to see cubes where, like, 90% of the matchups aren't like that. Yeah, definitely. You know, losing to weakness feels really bad. And you can't necessarily just remove weakness from Pokemon because it's a really integral part of the game. It's an integral part of deck building. And um, it, it does make for very interesting situations and demands. And it makes it so that building decks that are just a straight line are not the best thing to do most of the time. Um, but losing to weakness does does feel bad. And being able to avoid that through clever deck building is is really great. Yeah, so... Uh, I'm gonna move into my next pick here. Uh, one I haven't heard too much about, but I'm a huge fan of it. It's uh, Best of Coin Flip Cube. So the whole thing with that cube is that 
you as the player get to decide the outcome of all the coin flips that you do. So if I played Pokeball, I can choose to flip heads. Could also flip, choose to flip tails, but probably going to flip heads. Uh, and that, that just really leads to a lot of, like, different interactions than what you're used to. So I think my, my absolute favorite thing about this cube is that it's like a whole new lease on life. There are so many garbage cards in this cube that are completely playable just because you get to fix the coin flip. So like 90% of the e-reader cards are playable. Stuff like Pokeball is just insanely strong. Stuff like Timer Ball, Dual Ball, which aren't bad cards. But think about it if you always hit head on uh, Timer Ball and stuff, how good that would that be? So I think this cube definitely... Uh, rewires your brain a little bit in, in terms of how you value cards just because if you're used to glossing over cards like that with coin flips uh they instantly can become uh really strong parts of your deck i also i call this car this cube responsibly built um i know it's been tested quite a bit but uh when i drafted it i was expecting a lot of broken effects stuff like your continuous tumbles or your crushing hammers but there was none of that in there honestly i felt the coin flips effects in there were by and large pretty fair um, of course, you know, when you have, when you're changing the effect of a game, you have to be super careful because, uh, most games are fragile. You can't change the rules that much without it becoming either like a, a wash of what the game actually is or completely and utterly just broken. So this cube definitely walks the line really well. Like I can tell the best pal had to spend quite a bit of time, like really thinking about this and definitely some test runs, I'm sure, um, as Connor has informed me, <laughs> um, but I mean, I'm a huge fan. Uh, I remember I drafted this. I played a, a fortress deck that I, I honestly didn't know what the, like, the fortress in my, that I did draft. I didn't realize what those cards did uh, until after, I mean, obviously when I read them in the draft. So, but I'd never played with cards with, like, that many coin flips that were just going to be auto heads. Um, So, it, it made these cards that I've just never really considered viable good. I also like that there is a bit of a caveat to that. So, he has cards like Shiftry and Malamar which um, alter that effect. So I'm pretty sure if you've pretty sure people have been playing for a while might know the Malamar. Basically they auto, they make your opponent always flip tails. So there's this interesting back and forth to where those cards get really good. The greedier the other players are and you have to play around that, which normally would be kind of a bust, but honestly to me personally, I feel like it's a fair strategy to play around and consider. And it makes you, if, if you're going to play all these strictly coin flip cards, like your uh, Pokeballs and stuff over stuff like Nest Ball, and like the deliberate search, which there is enough in there, uh, you get super punished for it. And I like that actually, because then it, it, it's the, it's the playing smart. So how many coin flips can you get away with without taking an L to these, uh, these, these, uh, shiftry decks or malware decks? It's honestly a really cool thing to think about. Uh, in general, I mean, I just think this keeps really cool. It, it offers a different, uh, experience than what I'm used to just because the, the Pokemon themselves are very different. So, uh, Connor, I know you dropped this in like the initial phases when this cube was built. So, curious to hear what your thoughts are on Coin Flip Cube, what you think of it. Yeah, I drafted it way back in the beginning, right after Al built it. And then I drafted it much more recently in, in what I think was the most recent or second most recent test. And it, it's really come a long way and, and it's super fun. I don't know. It's just so interesting because a ton of cards that would never, ever see play are suddenly very good and, and very interesting in a lot of cases as well. So the cube does that in a way that I've never seen any other cube and I don't think any other cube could do just because of that mechanic of, of coin flips being fixed. So really enjoyable, very unique, and tons of fun. To me, to me, it feels like a very intellectual cube. 
So it's very, it's very thought. I don't know, it'd be very thought provoking because it's like I'm so used to writing off a bunch of trash cards, but then this, but really, what happens is I know right after I adopted K, uh, coin flip cube, like the next cube I drafted, I can't remember what it was. I was still thinking about like reading the card, and it's like, oh, flip a coin. Well, okay, so that that might be better. It's like, wait, that's not that's not a roll in this cube. <laughs> so I definitely had to like switch gears in my brain when I go in and out of coin flip cube, which is kind of which is kind of cool. I I like that aspect of it. It's making me think differently. Yeah, you really do. There, there is an adjustment process of um, things being a lot better or worse in coin flip cube than than they might normally be. Yeah, coin coin flip cube just built differently. Is all. So, uh, that that said, uh, I'll pass it back to Connor for his next one. All right. So the third cube on my list is one that we have been playing a lot very recently. It's a cube that's been around for a long time, but has received a lot more modification lately. And that is the Delta Mutant Cube built by JL and Mike. Um, it's it's a mid-power cube. It's so cool. So I normally don't love Mutant Cube because I think it makes deck building less creative. And um, tempo is, is really, really important. Like most of the time, the person that sets up first is going to be at a significant advantage. And, and that is existent to some extent in this cube, but not nearly as much as it is in other uh, mutant cubes that I've seen, especially the very high power ones. So um, I, I really love this cube. Uh, crazy stuff happens all the time. Almost all of the Pokemon have some kind of body or power. And, you know, that means that there are so many different things going on at all times. Uh, there are tons of build around cards. There is energy acceleration in every single line. Uh, fighting has the least, but fighting has a lot of really powerful tools as well. Uh, the 4-0 deck right now in the league is a fighting deck, like a mono fighting deck. So kind of gives you an idea of how fighting can still be really good. Um, every type can be very, very strong, which is awesome. And uh, an interesting deck building is heavily rewarded. Um, there are... A lot of cases where if you just build a, a straight monocolored deck, it won't turn out great for you because maybe you'll play into some resistance or maybe you will get hit for weakness by a bunch of stuff. And being able to, you know, splash into different things and kind of accommodate for that and your deck still be pretty consistent because it's mutant and you can evolve, you know, within the same type. That's really nice. And, and I like that element a lot. It, this is also my favorite cube to watch games of. It can be pretty stressful to play because games are like always very close, but when you are watching, you don't have the stress. So you can just watch some very, very close games, lots of explosive things happening, people coming back from situations you didn't think they could, people losing leads that seemed totally dominant. It's it's just a really exciting cube. Uh, Andrew, what are your thoughts on this cube? I know you're playing it with us this league and you also played it in the lead up. Yeah, I mean, I find this cube very exciting. I know my rounds themselves last very long and they're very enjoyable, right? <laughs> uh, uh, no, I mean, like, honestly, right now in the Cube League, I feel like everybody is playing. I feel like I'm playing a different game just because I'm playing Control. So everyone's out here playing, like, Checkers. I'm over here playing Solitaire. So my experience at the Cube League right now can be fairly different. That said, I mean, I really enjoyed the. This is probably one of the best built Mutant Cubes I've ever drafted just because the power level sits really nicely. Uh, it definitely has had the benefit of a lot of refinement, so you definitely need that in a mutant cube because things naturally break. But uh, I mean, there's like a lot to uh, to like about it. The, the strategies feel different. 
least like in the matchups, the games do feel really close. Um, where you're like you're back and forth. Like we we streamed quite a few of them, and honestly, I've I've gone from wow this person in a terrible spot to wow this person might actually win the game. Uh, in a matter of just like one turn, just because uh really smart plays or uh being able to combo into something uh that's you know countering what your opponent's doing can be really strong. So. No, I, I, I think this cube's great. I think if you're looking for a mutant cube to build, I, I would definitely look into something like this one because it does it in a really smart way uh, where the lions all have different stuff to offer. And I think like this mid-power-ish like power level is where I personally enjoy mutant at. I feel like once it gets a lot higher, it can get kind of, I don't know. I don't want to say not fun, but less competitive just because it becomes more of like a race to the top or... Uh, let me do all this broken stuff and go from there. For this cube, I mean, has some of that, um, but it's it's more refined. So uh, I'm a huge fan of this cube. Uh, I feel like again, I'm on kind of like a different. <laughs> I feel like I'm not really playing the cube right now. I'm kind of. I mean, that's kind of how I feel when I play control. But <laughs> <laughs> I, I I would imagine the cube league is a lot of fun when you're going with uh, these tacky decks. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I've really enjoyed this cube. I think it's a great cube experience in general. And um, the builders have always been really receptive to feedback, which is, is just a great thing because it shows that they're really dedicated to the balance of their cube. Oh, yeah, for sure. That's also just like a huge thing in general if you're a cube builder, regardless of like if you're trying to get your cube into like a, a, an event or something, just be receptive to feedback. You don't have to, I mean, so in a non like cubic set, you don't have to take everyone's advice uh, and roll with it, but you, you should at least be, I, I want to say proactive in looking for advice. And in this case, like these cube builders are very attentive and very, you know, I, I'm trying to, I'm struggling to find the right word, but they're, like, they're, they're always like looking for uh, critiques and looking for improvement. And I think you need that in a cube like this, where there's so much uh, that could be broken that running it, getting feedback is like the best way to go. So, yeah, I'm, I'm a huge fan of the builders themselves, too. I mean, I'm a fan of all these builders, but uh, yeah, they definitely have done a good job getting this cube to a, a good spot. Absolutely. So with that, I'm going to pass it back to you, Andrew, for the next cube on your list. All right. So mine sort of borders the ultra high to high power cube, and that's uh, Bubbles Reuse Ultra Beast Cube, which I'm sure a lot of people maybe haven't seen yet. Uh, it is kind of, I don't want to say buried because... Uh, I mean, it's still you can still find it pretty easily, but I, not a lot of people probably drafted it because we ran it a few times for Cube Weekend. I when I drafted, I personally had a good time with it. It's very reminiscent of 2019 standard for me. So uh, like hanging like with the with the Ultra Beast are very prevalent, um, and the attackers themselves. Oh no, it just reminds me of like both like the Cephalon and Buzzwall and Lycanroc all in there. Um, it also uses Sun and Moon rules, which for this power level I really like. Um, and I'm just a bit biased because I, I love Sun and Moon era. That's like my, I mean, that's when I have the most experience playing. So those rules feel very comfortable to me. So it was nice to play with those rules again. But uh, no, I think this cube's great. Uh, bubbles are used, uh, great to work with. Uh, they, they they do take feedback very well. Uh, and it just has a lot, a lot of power to it. So it really leans into the high power, which I think you should do if you're at this point um, where your attackers are GX attackers and it is a very gun ho uh, heavy cube you want to be able to make really consistent decks um, and the fact that there's like high supporter quality there is high amounts of search so the decks themselves felt really consistent I know when we first drafted it all the decks themselves felt really consistent um, 
which is what you want to see. And it, 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 it's a lot of fun just because the attackers are so powerful. So really, really huge fan of it. I don't think you've drafted this yet, Connor. Yeah, so this one I have not drafted, but now I'm definitely looking forward to when the next test of it happens so I can kind of get my hands into it and see see how it is. Yeah, I mean, it's it's very reminiscent of Vent's Cube. I feel like Vent's Cube is more of like a mid-power than Sun Moon Era, and then uh, Bubbles' Cube touches like the other side of the Sun Moon Era, where it's more of a high-power. So the two kind of have different portions of that era covered, which is cool. Yeah, kind of different slices of that ultra-high-power level Um, so I guess now we're kind of wrapping up here. So the finish out this segment, we thought it would be cool to then talk about our own cubes and what, uh, we really like about our own cubes and, uh, kind of just go from there. So I'll let Connor talk about his. Yeah. So, um, my cube I'm really happy with right now. Um, it's taken, a, you know, quite a bit of work over time. I, I didn't build it until I was, uh, like three years into the format or something or at least two and a half. Um, so I I really based it around archetypes and that's why I call it the archetype cube. Um, it is a mid power cube and it's, it's just got so many build arounds and I just want decks in it to have tons and tons of different ways that they can interact and be built really well, but I don't want anybody to have just a broken deck by drafting a line. And, and I think that decks that kind of explore outside of that line or figure out the best way to make that line as powerful as it can be, I think that kind of cube and that kind of deck building is really rewarding of skillful play and it's really rewarding of creative thinking as well. So that was really what motivated my cube and it's, uh, it's in a great spot as far as balance goes and I just think it's a ton of fun to play and uh, I don't know, I'm just really happy with it. Uh, Andrew, you're currently playing it, you said for the first time now? Yeah, so it's funny. I've drafted it twice and played it once. <laughs> uh, but no, I mean, this is like the first time I've actually played it. I, obviously, I streamed it for Champions Cube. So I've gotten a pretty significant look at it uh, before. And But this is the first time I've actually had a chance to get my hands on it. And it, honestly, I really enjoy the fact that it is so archetype-based. So uh, it, it takes a little bit more of consideration now of not just the Pokemon you draft, but like what um, build arounds you're going with. I think like after you know taking more of the drafting the hard way approach it, it rewards that kind of play more because you're thinking more about the deck you're building and less about the pokemon you're not you're drafting in a sense so i feel like it rewards you for thinking thinking in that way um i know i know for anyone else looking at this cube it's like wow there's so many different paths you can take and if you understand uh basically how to synergize the different lines it can make the the drafting decisions a lot easier to make uh, I like a cube like that. I like the cubes too. Again, I probably have said it, like, if not every time it's passed to me, is that I love the diversity at the table every time you come to it. Um, I'm sure as a cube builder, you're probably seeing different decks getting played every time. Obviously, there's proven decks that people might lean towards, but because the lines synergize differently, uh, you can go a ton of different directions with it. So that means every time you sit down to draft this style of cube, it's going to feel different, which is what you want. Um, probably sound like a broken record at this point, but it's just the main takeaway, nothing else. Like, Diversity at the table makes your cube fun, uh, or at least adds to it. So no, I'm I'm a huge fan of this cube, and I'm really excited to see what the other team challenge decks look like because, uh, like I said, like all the different archetypes leads to different deck buildings. So could see a bunch of different ones at the end of this team challenge that we're currently doing. 
Yeah, definitely. I'm I'm super excited to see when all the lists become public and see what everybody built and how it all did. Um, I know some archetypes that really haven't even been explored are now coming to like the forefront of people's consideration. Things like Gengar, which really saw very little to no play at all. Um, it, I I made a couple of tweaks to, but it, it is now you know people are really looking at it and being like, wow, Gengar could actually be very very strong. So. I don't know. Uh, that it, it also has that evolving metagame, which I really appreciate and enjoy, and I'm just really excited to see how it goes. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, I guess we go to my cube now. So, I've been... I've had a cube built for, I guess, three years now. Uh, it's always changing. I've always leaned into the high-power cubes, and a lot of that's because, like, whenever I started building my cubes, everyone around me in my area was more mid-power. So I wanted to at least be a different power level so it didn't get too boring. And, um, you know, you learn a lot through high power uh, as far as building, as far as balancing goes. And you learn a lot about what makes your cube fun, what makes it unfun. Because high power has a tendency to be very stale very quickly. Because uh, high power, you run into this thing where if one attacking line is just better than the rest, it just kind of takes over. And also, like, if your cube becomes just a bunch of just I hit, you hit, I hit, you hit, that's also can be a problem. So I've taken a lot of lessons learned through my time building here. So uh, when I when I return back to the cube uh, discord, I actually, uh, after drafting a few other cubes, uh, rebuilt my current cube. It's actually very different than what it used to be. Uh, so it's a high power cube that has a lot more diversity in strategies. So the way I, I choose to accomplish that is that the Pokemon themselves have a lot higher HP, um, but they don't hit as hard or they take time to get there. So you have cards like uh, Chestnut, which is a, a huge tank deck. But then you also have it up against cards like Lone Golem, which is a tankier Pokemon. But it can get, if it gets the energy in the play, can be a really accelerant deck. Uh, but then you also have really aggressive stage ones to uh, to work around that too. That had to reach farther. So you have stuff like Salazzle that has to deal with less special conditions or Quagsire. That's kind of like a Lone Golem where it needs to build energy. And just kind of stuff like that. So really taking the thought process into each line and figuring out... Uh, what kind of play style does it need to go into? And like, is there multiple ways to make these lines work? Kind of like Connors where there's different archetypes, but uh, in a high power cube, it's a little bit more narrow. Um, so I'm really working to make the high power uh, situation to be fun uh, and to be, you know, explored more. Cause I feel like high power gets a bad, a bad rap and it gets a lot of, uh, it's not, it's not as much fun traditionally just because it's, it gets to that point where it's just guns a blazing, which is where my old cube used to sit in all honesty. So I'm uh, really having fun with it. I'm really having fun exploring uh, more uh, depths to high power. The other thing I like about high power a lot that I never hear brought up is that you have such, you get you get access more often to the newer cards than other cubes just because power level sits nicer. So you get to try out a lot of new things. So I'm really excited about that uh, with my cube. And every time a new set comes out, there's always some Pokemon that I can throw in there and see if it works or not. Uh, so I'm really, really looking forward to uh, testing it more and seeing where it lies at. And uh, I don't think you had a chance to really draft it yet. I know you drafted my old one quite a few times, but... Uh... Yeah, I've not been able to play the new one, but I am very excited to get into it. There are a lot of cards in there that um, make me excited to build decks and build around them. And um, I don't know, it seems like a different take on high power, which I really appreciate. High power definitely starts to feel pretty samey, especially to me, um, where I, I like decks that are very complex and intricate and high power doesn't really support that. So I'm uh, really excited to get in and, and play this cube very soon. Yeah. And I also forget to mention the most important part about my cube. And it's that every time you win, 
you get to sign a Bidoof. <laughs> that goes into my Bidoof Hall of Fame. Uh, I have like 30 of these that are dated with the whenever we ran it and has the cube name, uh, whatever deck they built and the signature. And I think that's that's one of the, my favorite things that I can't wait to do again is uh, have people sign Bidoofs because every it, it's so much fun. It's so much fun looking back because uh, I have all my 2019 ones because I did. I, I mean, I didn't get to draft in 2020, so uh, I have all 2019 uh, Bidoofs in like a binder. And every now and then I like to look back through it and see uh, what decks won. And like people always write interesting uh, hashtags with them and stuff. So honestly, that's one of my favorite parts about my cube that I, I'm really excited to uh, to do again is to have the Bidoof signed. Yeah, hopefully hopefully I get to sign some Bidoof soon. <laughs> I'm ready. Right. It, it's very coveted, you know. Got to give players something to fight for, you know. Yes, I will. I will fight tooth and nail for my ability to sign a Bidoof. <laughs> Um, so I think that's pretty much all the cues we wanted to talk about. I know I'm really excited to hopefully soon, uh, cube again, especially at regionals whenever those happen again. Um, Connor, anything else you want to end with before we, uh, jump to conclusion? Um, just that while these are Andrew and I's favorite cubes, they are by no means the only cubes out there. They're not like, you know, the universal, universal best cubes. Um, we just really like them and we think that people should play them and there are lots and lots of other good cubes out there that we haven't talked about. If your cube is not on this video, it doesn't mean that it's bad. It just means that we didn't have enough time to talk about everybody. <laughs> so that's true or enough time to really play all the cubes to have you know, a concrete opinion. Yes, exactly. Um, you know, there are only, uh, only so much of us to go around as far as playing cubes because they do take up so much time. So we always try and play as many as we can, but it will be inevitable that there will be cubes out there that we've never played that are super good. Right, and if, and hopefully, uh, I guess as a segue into conclusion, if, if to highlight more of these uh, these cubes that we don't ever really get to see, that's that's where the P-Cube series will really come in at. So uh, obviously the ones we outlined here are some of our favorites, but I, I do want to pass it off to the listeners here. If you have a cube in particular that you really like or Honestly, we really would like to hear about your cube and like what you like about your own cube, just like Connor and I explained, because, you know, there might be things that we're not seeing or things that we're, uh, you know, we want to know about. So let us know like what your cube is about, what you really like about it um, in the comments. We would love to read them. But with that said, uh, we're going to end this segment here and we're going to pop it over to our conclusion segment. So stick around. All right, welcome back to this conclusion segment. So, yeah, a lot of fun talking about cubes. Um, I mean, it's been really cool just in general to see how these cubes come to be. I know a lot of people have spent time during the pandemic developing their cubes. Like, we kind of talked about that in the intro, but uh, I know with the access to, uh, especially now Cube Koga, the access to look at other cubes, like influence kind of becomes a bigger thing. So, um, I guess before we get into the non-Pokemon things, like, Connor, I, I know you've been in the Discord. I mean, you are uh, you know, the, the owner of the Discord, so actually you, you've been in there a lot longer uh, than I have. But I, I, I was going to say you could talk on, like, the progression you've seen as far as Cube community has gone during the pandemic and, like, kind of where you think it is going to go once events start opening back up. Because I, I think that's something people might be, you know, thinking about or wondering. And I'm just curious to hear what your thoughts are on that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, when I first got into the Discord server, I think it had less than 100 people. Um, so... It was pretty small. Um, 
it in the cube community in general was very like fragmented and and kind of isolated and clicky within itself. Um, so you know you'd have a, a group from Ohio that had only played with like one specific cube and they might have had a totally different cube from the group in St. Louis, which was playing with one or two cubes for a while as well. So um, little pockets like that existed everywhere. And over the pandemic, you've seen people coming together and people sharing what they've learned about cube and sharing their own cubes. And especially with Cube Koga now, you know, everybody's kind of getting their cubes out there for people to see. And it's it's really cool to see everybody kind of learning from each other in a way that has never happened before. And uh, and the format is really growing as, as uh, part of that result and part of that process. So now the uh, Discord group is almost at 400 people. I think Legend Box is over 600 now. Um, so the community is really expanding and, and growing both physically and kind of intellectually. And uh, people are getting a lot better. People are learning a lot more and cubes are getting a lot more balanced and fun. And, uh, and that's been a really fantastic thing. Moving forward, as people are able to get together and play Cube in real life again, um, I uh, part of me thinks that our events may taper off a little bit, not in the sense that we'll run less, but there might be a little bit less demand because people are gonna be cubing with their friends again. However, at events and things like that, people are gonna become involved in the format more because we have increased the reach of the format so much and we brought so many people into it that weren't in it before. So. Um, I think the community is going to, now that it's it's gotten the traction that it has, I think it's going to continue to explode once people go back to actual events because so many people are going to be out there cubing and they're going to bring their friends in and people are going to see them cubing and want to get involved with it. So I think that the cube community has a fantastic future ahead. And uh, over the last couple of years, it's, it's really experienced an expansive growth of thought and of membership and uh, and it's going to continue doing so. I'm really excited for that. I I'm so looking forward to it being like like day two of the event. Like if you don't make it in, you're trying to coordinate a queue. It is so hard when like either your friends are in day two, or uh or you're just getting people together. But with the Discord now, I feel like it's gonna be so much easier to run cubes at regionals, just because people are there. And you'll know they're there, and we can coordinate times. Like it, it's gonna make that so much cooler. And I feel like. I don't always have to bring my own cube now to cubes. Like maybe someone else will bring their cube and I can draft it um, instead of just drafting the same ones. So I, I'm so looking forward to that experience now when regionals come back. Yeah, I think it's going to be super exciting and it's going to be awesome to just see everybody and, and draft in person with them as well. Um, drafting in person. Well, I would say that cube league is like the most competitive form of cube. Drafting in person at, at a table is like a uniquely social experience. It's just really awesome. Yeah, and, like, honestly, I haven't seen anyone. I haven't seen that much, unless they're St. Louis locals, or maybe I've met the few people at events. I haven't really seen the majority of people in person in the Cube Discord. So, to draft with uh, these people in person that I've talked to over voice chat, I mean, I seem like it's going to be, like, a lot of fun. Um, but, yeah, drafting in person is also, like, a different take on it, too. So, um, it, it's going to be interesting to see how that evolves with it. But, yeah, man, I can't wait to coordinate Cubes through the Discord now at regionals and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Just really excited to see uh, how the cube community continues to move forward. Yeah. So, I mean, what else is new? What else is going on with you? Um, man, I've been I've just been playing and thinking about a cube a lot lately. Like, I played 
all of my team showdown matches last week for one team, and I played one of my team showdown matches for the other team because I'm in a wild card spot this month. Um, been playing the cube league. Now I'm getting my cube built in person, which when I built my cube, I said would never happen, and here we are. <laughs> so uh, that's been a big thing, and I don't know. I, I feel like uh, it's really just been my my leading interest lately. And uh, and it's been a great time. But uh, how about you, Andrew? What have you What have you been into lately? Uh, so I mean, definitely, uh, obviously, cube, especially with the cube live streams. Those have been a ton of fun to run. Uh, and affiliate felt really good. Um, but really, more so, just having the experience of putting on more live cube events. Because I mean, it's one thing that sucks that there's not that many uh, cube live streams out there. So I do like it when they pop up. I know OmniPoke has streamed a few. There's a few other people that stream their cubes as well. Um, so excited to, you know, at least make content like that. Um, but outside of that, uh, I, funny enough, uh, been getting back into Minecraft, uh, actually started a server for like, the the, the people at Yeti, uh, that we're hanging out on and it's a ton of fun. Uh, Minecraft's changed a lot since I last played. I mean, I got in at the beta and then like through high school played it off and on and then college kind of tapered off, got really busy, but, uh, it seemed like a fun Plan. I knew I, I knew how to set up a server, so I just decided to do it, and uh, it's been a really rewarding experience. Uh, working with buddies, really making a we pretty much have like a town made, and we're you know all kind of pitching in. Feels really cool. Uh, it's fun doing that stuff on survival. Uh, I, I, it's honestly a nice, relaxing thing to do when I need a break from work or from cube stuff, so I don't get burnt out. I can I can just go and put on Minecraft and like mine a little bit uh improve our area you know some some things i can kind of zone out for a little bit and i need something like that in my life just to relax so huge fan of minecraft especially if you haven't played minecraft in a while i pick it up maybe it, it's a lot of fun yeah it sounds like a great time i've seen you guys uh hanging out in the the server but i haven't um I haven't joined in i don't know I, i've never been able to really get into minecraft in the same way that a lot of people around me have and i mean i own it like i can play it but i just i don't know i it, i can't i can't get into it as easily so maybe i'll try again but um yeah i don't know it, it seems like uh seems like a great time and a great way to you know continue to build a sense of community which is really nice yeah the the camaraderie is really cool that's what i really like everyone's kind of doing their thing to help each other out we i don't know maybe maybe it'll turn into we start agree each other i i doubt it we're all kind of just like trying to find cool stuff so it's been cool to like working with other people and just like you know making stuff happen. It's just, it's fun. Yeah, it, it sounds like a lot of fun. Um, the, the more you talk about this, the more I think about. I'm like, oh man, what have, what have I been doing lately? Like other than cube. Um, so I, I thought of two of them. One of them is like um, going out again because uh, you know oh, second yeah, you're vaccine. You're vaccinated now. Yeah, yeah. So we've uh we've gone to a couple of nice restaurants that we really like and uh we went out to a bar for the first time in like forever um over the last couple of days so that that was surreal <laughs> i don't know just like to be back in a bar again was crazy um so that that's been a great time and something that i hope everybody is able to experience again very soon um if you're if you're of age of course yeah well bar, just just going out again in general <laughs> <laughs> Um, but another thing that I've been into, uh, I, I've had a few animes that I've been watching. Um, ReZero, I just caught up on the second season of. 
My Hero Academia. I've been watching the new season of, and um, my girlfriend and I recently just like kind of as a as a throwaway show to watch while we eat or whatever. It, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. I mean, it is it is truly bizarre. It is advertised accurately. Um, and it is probably the most dramatic show I've ever seen in my life. And it, it is just so funny as a result. Like, it's so melodramatic and over the top. And it just becomes hilarious at some point. So I, I have to imagine that that is at least partially the goal, given just how over the top it all is, even in the very serious moments. But um, it, it's been a lot of fun, and uh, and I would recommend it if somebody is looking for something to kind of have on in the in the background or off to the side. At least that's my place from like getting into season two. I know seasons one and two aren't considered to be quite as good as season three, so maybe I'll change my stance at that point. But as it stands, it's a ni nice, lighthearted fun, and I would recommend that as well. I guess in line with me uh, feeling like a twelve year old right now. Uh, uh, the Pokemon Sun and Moon anime, which is on Netflix, is actually uh, I've been watching that a lot more as well because I heard really good things about it. I don't commonly watch them because they get kind of I mean kind of boring and I don't know. It really depends on like how much of like you know a turd ashes. But honestly, the the Sun and Moon anime does a really good job. Like I find the the characters themselves really interesting. Like the plot points that they go for is really cool. Um, I find that, that if you're looking for uh, something to watch too, I it's on Netflix. They have like both seasons on there. I've been watching through it uh, just passively. I usually just put it on while I'm doing something, uh, and I've been really enjoying it more so than you know what I what I initially expected. Uh, the Pokemon fights themselves are really cool too. So that's one thing I always liked about Diamond and Pearl is uh, when I was a kid watching that was that those uh, the fights themselves like the buildups and then when they happen felt really cool. Sun and Moon kind of has a similar aspect to it. Uh, definitely is getting more interesting the longer you watch it. So uh, if you're looking for a, a Pokemon uh, oriented like uh, anime kind of thing, like the Sun and Moon one on Netflix is my recommendation. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll definitely give that a look. I've read that um, the current series of Pokemon, I think it's called like Pokemon Journeys or something. Uh, I think that that's considered very good as well. So yeah, apparently the more recent, uh, it's like the more recent ones have been like really on point. So, um, yeah, I, I, if you're a fan of like the Sun and Moon era, definitely, uh, it, it's such a not just like the TCG, but like the like the landscape itself, like being in like sort of a island thing themed, and like I don't, I find that era really interesting, like the Pokemon and like the characters. So I really like it. Uh, I don't know it's a cool show so if you're interested in watching more pokemon I, I would check that out yeah sounds awesome i'll give it a look but i, I just have to laugh at myself my, my interests lately have been minecraft and pokemon so <laughs> <laughs> you know it happens whatever <laughs> it happens no shame but, in that i don't know they're a ton of fun um but yeah i mean uh, something I did want to bring up because we talked about in the Heights last time is that Evan, Dear Evan Hansen, is getting a movie, which is a a musical from like 2019 that was really popular. But there, uh, that movie's releasing in September, so and Ben Platt is playing the main character, so that's really cool. Oh wow, that is really cool. Have you have you seen that one live, or have you like listened to all the tracks from it? I've listened to the tracks and uh, I've seen a, a bootleg YouTube version, if that counts ah, as well. Ah, yes. Bootleg YouTube version. Always you know, corona, coronavirus. I don't know. Yeah. 
Yeah, I was um, able to watch it live uh, before the pandemic, and um, it it's like a really incredible visual oh, spectacle yeah. as well as you know the the music and the acting being so cool. So um, definitely a strong recommendation for when it comes back to St. Louis or when you're able to travel to see it again. Oh yeah, um, I I unfortunately. I unfortunately found out about it like a week after it got done at the Fox. Oh no. How, so like how... I, I saw the, the billboard and then later I looked it up and then I was like, wow, this is really good. Cause I've heard about it. I mean, it was like, uh, I mean, there was like a lot of buzz about it, uh, like two years ago when it was like touring and stuff. And, um, I just didn't got around to listening to it. And then yeah, I checked it out. I was like, wow, this is, this is really good. I mean, Ben Platt's an amazing singer. Um, but like the whole musical itself is really cool. It's got a really interesting like plot and how it develops itself and the music's really good. But I was like, oh man, I just, I just miss it. So I'm sure when it comes back around, I'll, I'll go see it. Uh, which yeah. I, that's something I'm really looking forward to is like going to like events like that again, or, uh, going to like maybe even like the, the symphony or something like, or the Muni. There's a ton of cool stuff to do in St. Louis. Just like not when it's coronavirus. Yeah. Coronavirus makes things hard. But uh, yeah, I guess in short, I am excited to leave my house. <laughs> uh, <laughs> actually, the the opposite of that, uh, I'm also excited for it because uh, having, I mean, Connor, you're coming over. We're having a bunch of uh, locals and people who are out of town that are also, you know, ex-locals coming in to stay at my house for basically a whole weekend uh, around Cube and just seeing each other for the first time. So I'm like super looking forward to that experience. I know everyone... St. Louis is like a really big hub for cubes uh, if anyone didn't know so like lots of people have them there's like maybe there's like maybe like six or seven of them uh, already I think there's uh, like and, 11 now yeah it keeps growing so um, like everyone's coming out who uh, you know who I met from Yeti and all that stuff so it, it'll be great we all really haven't seen each other in some time I've seen people like like intermittently through the pandemic at various points but i haven't had like everybody together and like there's some people that like moved far away that I haven't seen in a while so that whole experience is gonna feel really great and i'm excited for that uh to happen this weekend yeah it's gonna be an amazing time off the top of my head i can count at least eight cubes maybe nine maybe i missed one yeah so so like eight or nine cubes that'll be there just this weekend and i am so excited <laughs> I think just cubing at Yeti in general is something I'm looking forward to. Like coming back, going to the store, uh, meeting up with friends, playing Pokemon. Like that's gonna be here soon, and I'm I'm so ready. Yeah, yeah, I'm here for that. Yeah. Any any anything else happening, or anything you want to close with before uh, we uh, call this one a wrap? I think that's about it. I'm really excited for this weekend. Uh, really not excited for all the work I'm gonna have to do Thursday night to get my cube in working <laughs> order. Um, I think the version of me in the past that said that they would never build um, the cube in real life had a strong point, and I'm really seeing that now. <laughs> so, uh, nonetheless, I'm I'm going to refuse to heed my past self's advice and uh, get it together. And, but I, I'm just really excited for this weekend, and... Uh, Really excited for next weekend too, just having three days off. So good good times ahead. Oh man. So yeah, if we get Memorial Day weekend's gonna come up soon as well. Uh but yeah, I think that is gonna do it for this episode. Again, thank you so much for watching. Uh, you've been listening to PQ, the one only Pokemon Cube podcast, and we'll see you guys next time.